Welcome, everybody, back to America's Finest Sports. We are doing a Friar Talk Tuesday today. We're going to be talking about the Padres for the first half of the episode. Um, and then in the second half, we're going to get into some, some fantasy football. So anyone listening on a podcast platform that's listening to Friar Talk, a little bit different second half than you guys are used to. But we're going to be talking plenty of Padres baseball to start this one out. Um, so really, my thought was, OK, there's a lot of stuff going on. Padres have been playing good and then they play the Dodgers and they play terrible against the Dodgers every time. That's kind of been the pattern for about the last month. Um, there's a couple guys that have been slumping. The expectations are huge. It feels like they haven't really been reaching them. Um, so I wanted to just kind of go over the overall state of the San Diego Padres right now. Um, and just kind of how we're all feeling because it, it's kind of like, I know it's September, but it feels like, you know, like the dog days of the season where it's like, all right, you just got to get into the playoffs. You just got to get into the playoffs. And I feel like I've been getting a little bit frustrated watching this team. Uh, I see people talking about Juan Soto. I mean, Juan Soto has has definitely had a, a disappointing month and a half. Keep, keep in mind, I'm saying a month and a half. Has it been disappointing? 100%. Oh, yeah. But he has barely been on this team. Um, but it's definitely been really frustrating to watch. And the starting pitching has been falling apart. And, and there's just a few things where you're looking at me like, oh, my gosh. Now – then you kind of go flip side. And if you're not being super negative, like I'm kind of starting out this episode, you go, the Potters are vying for a playoff spot right now. And they are in a playoff push. They are in a playoff race. So you get hot, you start winning games and you go into the playoffs playing really well. And it's going to be really exciting. Juan Soto gets going and you have Soto and Machado. Cause we kind of like, we'll talk about all the other stuff outside of Manny Machado, but Manny Machado has been absolutely phenomenal. And this is his best season of his career. And he has been awesome game in and game out. So you can also look at it from the positive sides and go, oh, boom, you got this. Um, and then you can look at like Musgrove something, you know, like oh, there's just so much stuff to kind of talk about with this team. Um, but it's almost like sometimes lately. And I, that's why I feel like we're probably going to start getting back a little bit to more segments of this team, just because it feels like we're kind of regurgitating what we're saying every week. Like, hey, the Padres are not really playing good enough, but they're in a playoff push. Here you go. Um, but I wanted to go over the state of the Padres, and I think that we'll do a, a recap of this Mariners uh, quick two-game series later this week. And probably just a couple like player profile type videos, or you know, looking at like how the new guys have looked throughout you know this first six weeks with the team, and you know, with I, Brandon Drury's been out for a while, but you know, Drury, Bell, like Soto, like everyone, Hater, like we'll kind of do like a maybe a little grading period or do a couple videos like that later on in the week. Um, because we haven't really been posting many of those segment type videos, which I feel like, honestly, that's kind of what we were doing with our channel early on. And I feel like that's really fun. Um, not to say that going live isn't fun. It's it's super fun to go live as well. But I feel like a lot of our lives have been very similar lately. But we haven't really talked in a while. It's been like almost a week since the last time we went live. So Isaac, how are you feeling about this team right now? And, and, and what are you kind of looking forward to in these next couple weeks? Because the Brewers do have a rough rough stretch they play the cardinals the yankees and the mets so this next 10 days or so is going to be extremely telling of where this team is at in the playoff push yeah i mean i don't know i, I feel excited but i'm very scared i've been very frustrated with the padres lately to the point where you know back then it used to be oh they're down a few runs you know or not even a few like four even four i would stay tuning in and now if they go down by four i turn it off I just, ain't nobody got time for that. Um, so, you know, I kind of just stopped watching. But um, this past series was was frustrating um, 
first first game, obviously, you have a walk-off. Jay Cronenworth goes and hits a single to right field, walks it off, and uh, that was super exciting. I mean, I thought that was a, like a sign of things to come for the rest of the series. Um, nonetheless, of course it's not. Mike Clevenger gets rocked. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, not Mike Clevenger. Blake Snell gets rocked. Um, and then Joe Musgrove gets rocked. So it's like, damn, you know, especially Blake Snell. I didn't expect that. That was like his one outing against the Dodgers where he allowed more than two runs, I believe. So that was a tough one for Blake Snell. Joe Musgrove has signed that contract. And uh, a lot of my reaction basically tells how I felt ever since he signed. Um, do I think he'll be fine next season? Yeah. But last season, it was to the point where like, all right. First half, you got like a two-something ERA. Back half, you have a three-one-seven. That's doable. That's perfectly fine if you have a three-one-seven after you know a long stretch of having a two. Now it's a matter of all right. You had a two-something ERA. You were eight and zero, and now your second half of the season is like a four-one-seven or more. Um, that's been unfortunate. Blake Snell's been great, other than this past game, and you Darvish has been the MVP. But I mean, really, it's uh, it's very opposite of last year with the starting rotation where. Um, Last year, it was the starting rotation fell apart because of injuries. Hugh Darvish got hurt. Really, the only guy left standing was Joe Musgrove. Blake Snell got hurt as well. Um, Chris Paddock went down. Like The only guy left standing was Joe Musgrove. Now, everyone's fine. They all just suck. <laughs> Not all of them. I'm sorry. Most of them just suck. Um, so, I mean, you look at it in the past month, I think they have over a four ERA as a collective where for the longest time, they were one of the top five rotations, not only in the NL, but of all of baseball. So it's been a very downhill slope for this Padres starting rotation. I feel like that's kind of one the main reason that the Padres have been struggling and maybe not struggling. They're still winning games. I mean, they, they gained a game on the Brewers, which during that brutal stretch is very important because the Brewers were playing a lot of teams under 500. We we're playing nothing or almost nothing but teams over 500. So to gain a game is, is kind of good, but at the same time, should have gained more. Um and, you know, I talked about it recently. It was like, all right, yeah, they only put up two runs on Sunday against L.A. You know how deflating it is as an offense to look and see it's already 6-2 to two or 10-2? to two? What inspiration do you have to put up runs anymore? It's horrible. You don't – you feel like you lost already. So, I mean, the, the, the point of the starting pitching being this good is to be able to keep not, – not only keep your team in the game at all times – but to essentially win games that your offense isn't winning for you, win yourself the game, and they have not been doing that. They've been <laughs> they've been bad. Um, but and then you look at the the NL as a whole, and you see out of the teams in the playoff race, they've they've been one of the worst. So um, in terms of the rotation, now that's a lot of negative regarding the starting rotation. And I'm sorry, you Darvish, like I said, has been the MVP. He's been fantastic. Um, going going to the lineup now, Juan Soto has been everything you wouldn't want him to be. Now, is that going to continue? Maybe for the rest of the season? Maybe? Next season, it will not continue. Though, a point that we brought up last time we were on here was, we can't wait. We can't wait for that. You know, the people that keep saying Juan Soto will be fine, Juan Soto will be fine. Yeah, I think he will too. But we need him to be fine now. We need him to start bouncing back now. We need him to start bringing in runners now. Because I feel like he's had some guys in scoring position. He's had bases loaded opportunities and he's unfortunately not done anything with them where you kind of expect him to be that guy that brings in those runs. Really the only guy in the lineup that's been consistent is Manny Machado, who quite frankly, if you're talking just value in general, who brings the most to their team, Manny Machado is the guy if you're talking in that MVP race. He 
I mean, yeah, you can give it to Paul Goldschmidt because he absolutely deserves it. He might win the Triple Crown, but Manny Machado is right there in my opinion because, I mean, he's been fantastic. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I feel excited for this last stretch. I mean, I'm going to watch. I know it's been it's been brutal. I'm going to watch today. I'm going to watch all the rest of the games. But really what's been frustrating is the struggles against top-tier teams where the Padres have struggled heavily against teams like Seattle, like the Dodgers. Um, so, you know, hopefully they're able to, to – bounce back after a tough series against LA. And like you said, Matt, the theme has kind of been you get hot before that LA series or good things happen before that LA series. And then the Dodgers shit on you and everything goes to crap. So um, hopefully that's not the theme this time. Dude, it feels like that's been repeated like like three times in a row. <laughs> Boom, walk-offs. Oh, we're doing this. Like the offense is getting hot. It's getting going. Then you lose a series to LA and then it's like the hangover for the next week. Yep. It's really weird and it's really deflating. And I feel like it as like fans, like it definitely hurts a lot because you're like, oh my God, bro, not this again, man. Um, but that's the thing is like, even on Friday, they did have the walk off with Cronenworth and the offense has been a lot better. Um, now Juan Soto hasn't been good. Uh, but I would say the, the biggest like question mark I have right now is the rotation. Because yeah. we talked about like, you, you just brought it up a bunch. Darvish is pitching tonight. Thank God, dude. Darvish is the only guy that's just going out there and just pumping and just playing like an absolute beast um, because he's been fantastic. I, I really think that that Darvish has – and like I like Darvish. I remember we were talking um, with the Padres Hot Tub guys, with uh, John and Craig, yeah. and we are talking about Darvish, and they were like – they were really like – I don't want to like say like pessimistic, but they were just really concerned about if Darvish could stay healthy – yeah. and produce really well throughout the season. And it was completely warranted after, like, you look at some of the years he's had, and it's like, maybe this one, a couple of these years were outliers, right? Like, that's what you're kind of feeling, like, just because he hadn't put up that crazy numbers. And I feel like I was probably the most positive person on Darvish, and I wasn't as positive as what he's been able to produce this year. Like, I wasn't expecting that type of stuff. So Darvish has exceeded expectations by a lot. Um, and like whenever, like he is going to be, if, if the Potters make the playoffs, he is going to be your first guy out there. And if he's yeah. not, then that is a joke because he has yeah. very clearly been the best pitcher through the course of the season. Um, he has a three, three ERA. Like it honestly feels like he should have a sub three ERA, how well he's pitched. Pretty he has good. been that good. Um, so I'm pumped that Darvish is going tonight. Um, just looking at this Mariner series real quick. Um, it's Darvish against Logan Gilbert tonight. Uh, the Padres should take care of business tonight. You definitely hope so. Um, and then tomorrow is Mike Clevenger against Luis Castillo. And I couldn't be as more unconfident about that game, <laughs> um, which is just like exactly how we're talking about this rotation where it's like, Oh dude, not Clev, man. He's been bad. And then it's like Darvish, like, all right, let's get it. Darvish has been good. Um, I want to look at Snell splits cause Snell is pitching really well, but I don't know how well he's been lately. Um, I think he's, he's had two months lately. He's been like, eh. Like, yeah. Musgrove, he looked like he was kind of coming back, and then his last few starts have just been bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't need to talk about Manaya. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going to see Manaya here soon. Apparently, he was only supposed to skip one start. So, so this weekend, probably? I pray. Oh, well, we play the Dodgers this weekend again, don't we? No, no, Diamondbacks. No, that's the next weekend. That's the next week. Yeah. Or yeah, the next week. Sorry, the next week. Yeah, they're they're in they're in a while. It's not yeah. they're not playing Dodgers for a little bit. Okay, yeah. We should we might see Manaya this this weekend. I guess the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I mean 
also another thing that we haven't we were talking about. So you you sent a stat in our group chat a while back. I forgot what it was exactly, but it was basically saying like, hey, this is the Padres early season. This is how good the rotation was. Yeah. And this is the Padres over the last month. And I think a lot of people are looking at it like, oh wow, like way to go, like Clev, you guys are are falling the uh are, are falling apart. Like these guys are falling apart, Musgrove falling apart. I, I think a little bit of is that these guys are overworked. And yeah. we were kind of going like, hey, like in some of these games, like you gotta pull guys. Like you really gotta pull some guys. And I, I haven't been I don't think we've been super critical of Bob Melvin. But I would say looking back at the course of the season, I think like, of course there's, you know, there's a couple decisions like, Oh, like you should have pulled that guy, whatever. Like that's going to happen. It's 162 games. But I think the one thing where I look back on this season and go, what could have been done a lot better where the Potters would be at a, in a much better spot. Um, two things. One is swinging the bat with guys on base uh, because they just like to throw yeah, fastballs yeah. down the pipe. But the second one is Bob Melvin really, keeps guys in the game for a long time and if we look at mike clevenger for example he's thrown a higher rate of his fastball than ever before his fastball is down in velocity legitimately like where you're looking at and going like like that's why he's getting hit because his stuff is not the same stuff that it was early on in the season so i bring this up because we started talking about mania because i kind of wonder if you know mania comes back is he going to be a little bit rested is he potentially going to look better now i fingers crossed dude but like i certainly hope so because i feel like that could be something that if we're just kind of looking at like oh this guy's not playing well this guy's not playing well well why aren't they playing well what is causing them to not play well for clev i think it's easy the fastball is not as effective and it's kind of leading to him to like all right i gotta start throwing these sliders more and then oh i hang a slider and three run bomb or whatever it is but his and, and especially because with clev like as an example I, I keep bringing up him, but I feel like he's just the clearest person to kind of gauge what's going on. Yeah, you have to. He falls apart in the third to fifth inning every single time. And it's because he's getting drained. It's because people are just teeing off on the fastballs. And they just start teeing off on him at the end. So that is kind of the question with, with that, or like the issue I have with Bob Melvin. Um, Bob Melvin and older Tingler, no. bro. Tingler was a completely different animal, man. Um I don't think Bob Melvin's bad. I don't think it's anything like that. But looking back on it, and of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. that's something where it's like, damn, like you kind of wish that. Now, to be fair, there was a stretch where the Padres, the Padres bullpen was bad for a while, for like a couple right. months where it was really bad and they right. needed the starters to go long. Um, and we've kind of seen the opposite lately, which I think is is a good adjustment. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like Bob has been pulling guys, like Bob Melvin's been pulling guys a lot earlier. And we were kind of like, whoa, whoa, where's this coming from? But if that's the adjustment you're going to make right now, that could pay dividends um, in the postseason. So I, I think that's kind of like the one thing where I'm looking at the rotation. I think that's probably why we're seeing them get rocked a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, something wrong with Clevenger. You brought up the fastball. Not only is the fastball not consistent in velocity, dude, it's leaking over the plate almost all the like not all the time but it's leaking over the plate and it has cost him so bad leaked over the plate against max muncie leaked over the plate this past this past start i mean every time his past few starts have been solely against the dodgers for the most part which sucks i mean that's got to be a, a confidence killer um but all his fastballs his fastballs are constantly leaking and the dodgers are taking advantage of it and hence why he has not had a single good start against them um his fastballs 
just leaking over the plate consistently with some movement. Um, but the problem is the movement starts for a righty on the outer half of the plate and leaks middle. Um, so hasn't been all good for Mike Clevenger. I mean, it sucks because I really wanted him to ball out. I thought this was going to be around the time where he would ball, whereas June and July he was starting to look pretty good and everything's kind of, you know, went downhill for him as well. I mean, this starting rotation has got to pick it up, man. Nonetheless, the starting rotation has got to pick it up. You can't, for, for the people saying, oh, well, what about the offense? They didn't put up this many runs. Like I said earlier, you know how much it sucks seeing you're down 6-2 to two in the third inning? I mean, it's very hopeless. I didn't bring it up before, but right when you said that, I was like, dude, I could not agree more. Like, how, what, like hopeless. What are you going to go? Like, you're almost like going up there like, all right, let's get a couple guys on base and hopefully we'll hit a bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, hopefully we can do this. Or, damn, we're already down four? Jesus. And, you know, it's it's deflating, honestly. Like, so, I mean, I don't know, man. This Padres rotation has to step up for sure. Luckily, Darvish is on the bump tonight, like you said. I mean, now needs to be the start of a win streak. You need to go on some sort of like, all right, the Padres are 8-2 and two in their last 10, something like that. Because the, the Brewers have a pretty tough schedule coming up. They're already not a very good team. So hopefully they lose a lot and we win a lot. We need to really start separating ourselves. Um, we do have that extra game because of the tiebreaker. It's not going to show on the you know whole game's back thing, but um, you can count it as like an extra half game or a game because of the tiebreaker that, that we have. We don't have the tiebreaker over the Phillies, unfortunately, but we do have it over the Brewers. Um, so we'll see how it all goes, man. I mean, uh, it's all going to depend on the rotation because I think if the rotation starts coming through, Padres offense will start thriving a little more. I mean, Juan Soto, he hasn't looked good. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I feel like his approach is fine. I feel like everything's fine. He's popping up a little kind of a lot, but it might be his back. It might be the whole change of scenery thing. It might be just the feeling of Dan, like they actually traded my ass. You know, they actually traded me, um, but we don't know how that's all going to work. We don't know what's wrong with Juan Soto, um, but you know, the offense has to step up too. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity surrounding the Padres right now where we're kind of forgetting like all right they're kind of still they're still in the hunt for the playoffs hopefully they can fit I don't even know who I want to play I don't want to play any team I feel like we're done in the first round gonna be completely honest but the what, whole point what about the Cardinals I'll tell you, okay I'll tell you this it it's okay I don't want to say this because like if you got the Cron and Scherzer it's so bad but me personally. Since I'm in New York, I want to see them play the Mets, bro. Like, I I would be honestly, I don't think it's the worst thing to play the Mets. I want to, I really want to go to the first game of the playoffs. I want them to go up against Degrom, and I want Darvish to just deal, and I want like Machado and Soto to hit like two solo shots and win like two one. Like, I would be so hyped. I would, I would love being around all those Mets fans right there. That would be, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean. Um, I wouldn't mind facing the Mets or the Cardinals. I definitely don't want to face the Braves. Please do oh, not. No. I do not want to face the Braves. Um, do you think the Braves are worse in a five-game series or a three-game series? I feel like five. Three. You three. think three? Yeah. They will They will sweep us. <laughs> <laughs> who Who would be their one-two? Freed and then either Wright or Strider. Probably Strider. Strider's been dealing, bro. Strider's been insane. And and um, that's the thing. When pitchers go on their on their hot streaks towards the end of the season, like they take that into the playoffs. That year that the Nationals won it, Corbin and Strasburg rode like a little hot streak into the playoffs and just dealt the whole rest of the way. I mean, granted, they Corbin sucks, but Strasburg's a good pitcher. But they rode that the rest of the way and they ended up winning like 
that's a team that the Padres got to be compared to. Not in the sense that, you know, they clearly spent a lot less money than we did. Um, but I mean, that's kind of a team that the that everyone will compare the Padres to just because of the situation, like, oh, you know, they're fighting for their lives. And realistically, a team with this much money invested in it should not be fighting for their lives. Um, but a team fighting for their lives, trying to get in and trying to win as a wild card. So we'll see how that goes. Um, my World Series is maybe beating the Dodgers, and then I don't really care after that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I- I'm excited to see what they do. I already told you, bro. If the Padres be, p- match up with the Dodgers, I it's a dub. You know why? Because of one reason. They're going to lose every single series against the regular season in the regular season because there's one more series that they have to lose. Yeah. They need to lose that series because sports tell you when you lose every single ser- series against the team, you, of course you're going to beat them in the playoffs. What kind of a question is that? It's a, it's a, it's a storybook ending, bro. That's what always happens. Um, yeah, no, but in, in all seriousness, I, I would rather not play the Dodgers. <laughs> um, okay, I want to bring up a couple things. So we were talking about the rotation getting hot. Also, one thing you said about the Nationals, about them not spending as much money, they did something different. They did this strategy where they said, oh, we won the World Series. Burns, Strasburg, here's all this money. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, right. And that didn't work at all. So what I wanted to bring up, because we've been talking about Darvish being a beast. And then we were talking about Snell, like, oh, Snell kind of falling apart. No, Snell is not falling apart. I've been seeing a lot of that. So check this out. If we go back July 14th, so I think this is post-All-Star break. Yes, this is post-All-Star break, right? Snell has allowed over two earned runs twice. He got rocked by the Guardians. He got rocked by the Dodgers. And every single start, okay, let's let's go even more extreme. He has allowed one earned run or less in all but three starts. So you go back and you go July 23rd, zero earned runs. 29th, one earned run. 30th, or sorry, August 3rd, one earned run. August 8th, one earned run. August 14th, zero earned runs. August 19th, two earned runs. And then he got rocked by the Guardians, uh, zero earned runs against the Giants, one earned run against, against the Diamondbacks, and then he got rocked against the Dodgers. He's been good, bro. Like people keep, I keep seeing stuff like that, that Snell hasn't been good. You get rocked a couple times. I would rather a pitcher go out and for 80 or 90% of the games be really dominant and then get rocked every once in a while. That's what Darvish does. Because I was telling you, like, I feel like he's had a sub three ERA. And we know that there's, there were a couple games early on in the year where like the one against the Giants where he allowed like eight, nine runs in like two innings or whatever it was, mm-hmm. completely inflates the ERA. But yeah. if you're consistently pitching at like a 1-5 ERA as a starting pitcher and then you get rocked a couple times, that's better. Because you're probably going to win almost every single one of those games when you go six innings and allow one run. Or you should. In, in theory, you should win almost every single one of those games. So Snell, I think, is a two right now. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was the first thing I wanted to bring up. Second thing I wanted to bring up was this is a comment um, a while back by by Marco. Oh, shoot, now I lost it. Oh, here it is. Um, if Pierce Bonk- Johnson is back in full strength, I believe they should put Nick Martinez in the starting rotation. I think it's a great idea, except I do not think that Nick Martinez is going to be able to get stretched out by the time like the season ends. And that's I just don't think it's possible, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bowman has already said he's too valuable out of the pen to put him back in the rotation, so he's gonna he's gonna stay in the pen i mean i wish he could start another one i mean the thing is like you said he's not gonna get stretched out how many innings has he pitched max like two or three lately 
realistically, you're going to need six, maybe seven, if you take out a, one of the guy, a long reliever out of the bullpen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how possible that is. But um, nonetheless, I would like it. But too valuable out of the pen for, for Bob Melvin to take him out. That, that's what he said. Also, Marco, I see your, your comment. I'm definitely down to go to the game if they play the Mets. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> now I got to go to play the Mets. They're going to go. They're going to be depressed against DeGrom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, hey, what do you think about Snell, though? My, my whole thing about Snell. Oh, he's a stud. I don't know why people keep saying, oh, he fell apart or this is the same old Snell. Like, he's, he's one of those pitchers that that's going to happen because he's one of those guys that he just sometimes throws 100 pitches in four innings. And sometimes he'll get out of it with a few run, with like one or two runs, likely. But in the case against the Dodgers, a very good team, he's going to come out of it with multiple because that's just a team with a very solid plate approach that puts the ball in play and scores a lot of runs. That was kind of the the whole outing for Blake Snell last time is that they were they were challenging all his pitches and he wasn't able to get out of the inning because they were just scoring it up and the ball in play. So um, he's got very good stuff. Everything's kind of clicking for him lately, like you said, one or one or less earned run something like that and i don't know how many starts and most of them um but he's been really good man he's the number two i mean yeah it's kind of like a like a boomer bust type thing but lately there's been more booms than busts so that's been really good to see and we kept saying earlier in the season you got to keep him because second half of the season he's really a, a great pitcher and he's been doing that lately so um i'm very excited to see to see him the rest of the way him and darvish have kind of been our anchors now it's time for at least one more guy, minimum, Mike Clevenger or Joe Musgrove, shit, even Sean Mania, which is not likely to happen, but somebody, somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to step up and become that third guy that's like, all right, we got a chance to win today. Like, we might for sure win today. So let's let's see how it goes the rest of the way with the, with the back three because the front two have been great. Yeah, and one thing I want to bring up with Nick Martinez too is, you know, we were talking about Nick Martinez not being in the, in the starting rotation. You know what Nick Martinez can do is he can come out in the first game of a three-game playoff series, pitch two innings, and then he can come in in the third game of a playoff series and then pitch two innings. That's something that's extremely valuable. And I've seen a lot of people talk about this, like, hey, because we were talking about a lot of, like, the rotation, you know, rotation carries you, like, all that kind of stuff, uh, especially on, like, earlier on in the year when the Potters rotation was doing that. And I remember there was a couple people that were commenting, like, hey, you guys got to remember, playoff time, your bullpen means a lot more than your starters. And that is really true. So getting Pierce back, Hater maybe is, is Hater getting better? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it Dude, seems like it. When he came bit. out to close the game the other day, I was like, no, no way they're doing this, bro. No way they're gonna throw him out there. This is gonna be so bad. And then he actually looked all right. I was like, look at me. Because before, like, it was different, bro. When he was coming out and get and like really bad, it, it wasn't like, oh, like he allowed a hit or whatever like that. It, it was like. No, he's bouncing pitches in the grass. He's throwing over the catcher's head. He's hitting guys. Like, it was just, like, all over the place where yeah. it feels like he's way more under control. So that is a really positive sign as well. Um, I want to – who is the Padres – I want to pull it up. Who is the Padres' current, like, in terms of their depth chart in the bullpen right now? Because they brought back Pierce. They DFA'd Beatty. Beautiful move. Right. <laughs> We've been yeah, asking that for that one, bro. That one's that is great. Um, okay, so right now in the bullpen, you got Hader, Garcia, Martinez, Suarez, Morajone, Tim Hill, Stephen Wilson, oh, Craig Salmon, Pierce Johnson. What so, the, why is he still here? <laughs> dude, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Didn't he um, get cranked on the first pitch? They cr oh, my God. Dude, okay, I'll say this. 
if you take out stamina out of that pin, <laughs> it looks pretty good. Is Nabil did Nabil get sent Nabil down? Nabil got optioned. Yeah, or, yeah, he went to AAA. It's. I mean, he's been. He has been getting rocked, rocked destroyed. And like, I think he's gonna be all right. But dude, it has been bad for Nabil. Every time he comes in, it feels like it's like it's. It looks like batting practice, but it's like Sean Manaya esque. Yes. Um, that, that's the same thing with stamina. I don't think you want to bring stamina up for him. But like Hater, I don't know if I'm gonna say I'm confident with him. But like, if he can get his shit together, I'm confident with him. Mm. Um soon we just got to see what it looks like for the next couple weeks sure. garcia i think garcia gets way too much hey i think garcia has been pretty good martinez has been an absolute stud suarez has been pretty good morahone will occasionally look horrible and then besides that he'll look dominant okay. um tim hill tim hill's actually been low-key a monster uh and then pierce johnson uh, we really like pierce johnson but that's like the sixth guy i've mentioned that's really good and then stephen wilson craig stammon you're you probably don't really want to see them i don't think they would pitch in a playoff game right. um but that's one two three four five six seven guys if you're confident with hater in the pin that's yeah. clutch that's really clutch um <clears throat> but yeah, i don't know <laughs> I, I like the bullpen. I like the bullpen. It's really going to come down for the starters to to get this playoff push. Um, has anyone seen any news on Brandon Drury? Is he going to be back soon? Is he back today? He'll be back today. I mean, he was I want to see if back. I didn't see their the line. The he's uh, not he's not in. He's not in. Mm-mm. He was supposed to be back today or tomorrow. Okay, that's good. They need him back, bro. They need that. Bad, bad. Um, I know people keep talking about like, oh, his average sucks, but I mean, I don't really care about that. Want to know why? Because he's actually doing pretty decent with runners in score position or guys on. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You got, they, there's a couple things. Starters got to pull it together. Got to be okay with runners in scoring position. Yeah. We've been saying this for like two months now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do feel a lot more confident in the bullpen than I did a while back. I like the bullpen a lot. Yeah. I see Steve, Steve says the pin is mid. I don't think it's mid. I think it was pretty mid like early on in the year i think it's a lot better though it is um <laughs> flat life says the dodgers are going to pick up Beatty and make him a hell of a bench player next year oh yeah like trace thompson yeah Dude, that yeah. looks bad bro that they dfa thompson over Beatty. oh my yeah. god and i don't think thompson would have done the same stuff on the padres but like it's just like you look at the numbers and you're like what it's just so funny like how the hell do they do that i think the potters are wondering the same thing yeah yeah Scyther's like, AJ, man. What? Yeah, like, how how are they doing that? <laughs> okay, Arizona series for Drury. That's what JDS just said. Okay, that's good. That's only two more games. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Yeah, that's that's clutch. All right, a bunch of people said. Cola and Devin also said that, too. Cool, cool. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else I wanted to talk about on the Padres. Offensively. Should we, talk about, should we talk about fantasy for a little bit? Let's do it. Some something that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like talking right. about it. I, I know that all you guys like like when we talk fantasy, but let's talk about fantasy for like 10 minutes before the game, 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then we, we're gonna have some more segment videos out later this week. And we'll we'll do a series recap for the the Mariners as well. So we will be talking more Padres throughout this week. I know the content's been a little a little lackluster lately. I think we've been uh we're feeling the dog days, man. We're feeling them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um but yeah, so okay. Let's talk, let's talk fancy for a little bit here. So fancy football, you know, week one of the NFL season is in the books. Um, my team, as you guys can see, the Niners banners was terrible. 
And Ace isn't in the chat today, but Ace, I know, would be just shitting on the Niners and shitting on Trey Lance. So I'm happy he's not here today. But I know I'm going to see a comment later tonight when he rewatches this. Um, okay, Eric, you're already talking KJ Hamler. Bro, we got one game. And I said be patient with KJ Hamler. I said it might not be this year. It might be next year. Um, I like KJ as a player long term. Did he even have a catch, though? I think one catch? Not sure. CeeDee Lamb also had two catches. And Mike, Mike Williams also didn't do anything. So there's other guys that didn't do well. The thing, with the, the, the thing with the Broncos is that Jerry Judy had his blow up game, right? It's gonna vary from game to game. It's not like it's not like when Matthew Stafford went to the Rams and it was literally just Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. It's now it's it's Cortland Sutton, it's Jerry Judy, it's KJ Hamler, Javante Williams. Um, there's a bunch of targets there that like they're gonna spread the ball around and each guy is gonna have their blow up game. So um I don't know if it'll be KJ Hamler or not. You, the more reliable options are the other two guys, but you don't, you never know. <laughs> okay, so trade targets wise, who are you looking for in fantasy right now? Who do you really like? We both already talked about it before. Uh, before Mike we Williams. I'll, I'll let yeah, definitely. It's got to be Mike Williams. If you if you can go in your league and go and go to the Mike Williams owner and you know try and snag a, a easy trade like a like fleece him, um, you should go do it. Because Keenan Allen just went down with a hamstring injury. And though I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing, hamstring injuries are one of those things that kind of kind of linger for, for a long time. Um, Keenan Allen did have 11 PPR points before he went down. So, I mean, that's, that's insane considering what he was doing. But Mike Williams, you also got to remember, is one of those receivers that um, he's going to be a boomer bust type guy where he's going to put up, you know, he might put up 30 points one week. Next week, he's putting up two. You're going to have those type of games, but it's absolutely worth it because if you have the roster to be able to sustain or to, to take that kind of blow of him only having two points, you're going to win a lot of games. If you're able to have a consistent roster with, say, guys like Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, um, even Justin Jefferson, if you're able to do that, have those guys on your roster and add a guy like Mike, Mike Williams, you're going to have you're going to have a lot of w- weeks where. Mike Williams is going to win you a game by himself because Justin Herbert loves targeting Mike Williams downfield. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Joe Lombardi, I don't, I don't like him very much. Um, I think he's a very conservative, conservative guy that he, um, he plays not to lose rather than plays to win. If you know what I mean, you know. He hates put. He, it's the Sean Payton like. Like he doesn't. We're not going to the ball down the field. We scored three touchdowns in the first half, and then no touch. I, I think like no touchdowns in the second. Because we we were we weren't letting Herbert sling it, um, but my point was, in the past, for anyone who doesn't know, in Joe Lombardi's offense, there was a receiver that had one of the most historical seasons ever. Michael Thomas ended up being the wide receiver one as the X receiver in that offense. Now the X receiver in the Chargers offense is Mike Williams. Though two completely different games, it's very noteworthy because yeah, Mike Williams has no way he's going to finish as a, as the wide receiver one, but he does get a lot of targets. He's more than just the downfield threat that he was earlier in his career. And now with Keenan Allen out, especially going up against the chiefs who Mike Williams historically does pretty damn good against. Keep in mind, you only got till Thursday to trade for him um, before he potentially blows up. Uh, that's a guy you need to be going after because I feel like people are going to be concerned. Oh, he only had two targets then they weren't downfield targets. Um, he only had two catches. He for like what? 12 yards, something like that. Um, 
I feel like somebody there might be a Mike Williams out there that's panicking right now. So if there's a guy to go after first, if you have wide receiver, you know, like a weak spot at wide receiver, if your team's just nasty and going to be consistent and you want one of those boomer bust type guys, Mike Williams is the guy to go get. Do you like uh, Eric Schrader, Josh Jacobs for Mike Williams? Do it, bro. If you got the I, running back, Seth, I would do it. I was going to say, if you got running backs, because I don't, I'm, dude, bro, Brandon Bolden's getting, getting like legit, yeah, like, I mean, like time in that backfield. I thought yeah, it was going to be Zamir White. Um, also, it will be eventually. One thing, too, for a lot of these, these trade targets, if you're looking to add running backs, so week one of the NFL season, it, okay, week one of the NFL season is a complete sham. It's, it's a complete yeah. sham in terms of how the games are played, no film, anything. But there's one big takeaway that you can always have. The running back like target share is almost always super consistent throughout the season. Almost always. And so like if you have a guy and he gets like 15 carries, he's probably going to get fed a lot. Now, I think there's kind of one different aspect of it is like guys like Brees Hall and stuff like that where it's like, hey, they're a rookie. They're getting accustomed to this offense. They haven't really played. Or maybe a Travis Etienne, right? And it's like, okay. These guys haven't, you know, like give them a couple weeks. There's guys like that. But like, I'll tell you this. I got, I, I like Javante Williams. I got him in a couple leagues. The fact that they're using Melvin Gordon is Ugh. so aggravating. But also nobody should expect that to change unless the Broncos are like, we're going to fundamentally change the way our offense works. I would not expect that to change. So like, if you're looking at like, okay, like who should I be going after? Chase Edmonds. He's the dude in Miami. Like, Look at it, and it's like, okay, that's the guy that's going to own that backfield. Like, you can definitely tell. Um, so I think that's something that is, like, really big for fantasy, like, especially, like, first week. It's like – because a lot of times people be like, oh, like, this guy that's not that good blew up in week one. It's like, yeah, he got 20 carries. Yeah. Guess what? They're going to keep feeding him because they think he is the one in their offense. Um, so especially for running backs, go after that. Um, and, and, I mean, week one's – like you said, week one's fluky as hell, man. I mean – Cordero Patterson just went – and Cordero Patterson had himself an amazing season last season. But keep in mind, before Damian Williams got hurt, Cordero Patterson wasn't seeing the field all that much. Um, nonetheless, because of that performance and because of last year's performance, he is going to see the field a lot more. Um, but then you got, you know, a bunch of different types of, of who who's this guy type guys going off. So it's like – I, saw, it. I saw this tweet about him. You just made me think about it. Dude, it said, uh, it's really crazy. It's like, like someone were like, bro, it's so funny that Cordell Patterson just randomly found out that he's an elite running back the at age 30. Back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, bro. He was just like a gadget guy his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he balled out. He went he went hard. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I see you have Najee Harris and James Conner to go with Jacobs and David Montgomery. I mean, your one-two is dirty. Yeah, your one two. Harris and Connor are really nice. I mean, yeah. Connor's probably going to be a running back one. Najee, I, uh, I've said this before, and people hate this take. I think Najee, in terms of like actual athletic ability, is the is the best athletic running back in the league. His vision is meh, and he plays with a crappy O line and his quarterback Mitch Trubisky. So for fantasy, he's not going to be the one right now. But like that dude is one of the most insane athletes I've ever seen at that position. Um, yeah. Go with yeah. That. I, yeah. Also, I'm sending that trade for sure. What was that? I'm sending that trade. Oh, the Jacobs for Williams. Yeah, because you can have Monty as your third back, and then like all like I think I think Williams is going to put up more points than Jacobs, so I think it makes sense. Um, 
What do you think about this take? Other than Adams and Waller, you shouldn't have any other Raiders rostered. I think Carr's good roster. Carr, Carr is a good – I mean, he looked like absolute hell this past game, but that's not going to be the case all the time. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Josh Jacobs is not a great running back. I mean, he's going to get his carries, but um, I feel like they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. What the hell did they get Devontae Adams for, you know? Like, they, they want to feed Devontae Adams. They have the weapons to have Carr sling it 35-plus times a game. Um, I mean, even Kirk Cousins is one of those types of quarterbacks, too, where Kirk Cousins is um, – not the best actual real life quarterback, but he's got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith, you know, guys, guys to throw to that they want to throw a lot in an offense that wants to throw a lot. So um, you can roster Derek Carr and you can have him as a starter in a one quarterback. Realistically, if he's your starter in a number two, you're looking really good. Um, Hunter Renfro, I don't know if you can realistically start him day, you know, game in, game out, maybe in just AFC West matchups, but. He's also, you know, a good receiver. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like you could roster a few Raiders, but you can't start Renfro confidently. You can't start Jacobs confidently. You know. Nah, I, I kind of like that take. I think it's, I think it's a good one because just like it's just where the, where are they gonna get these targets? Yeah. You know what Devonte Adams is about to do? We just saw Week One. Mm-hmm. Devonte Adams is that dude. Also, that. I wanted to say this. So I was watching. I don't watch football like all day. Uh, last couple of days, right? <laughs> On on Sunday morning, I'm watching, and, I, and I'm like, oh, my God. Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in the league. And then, like, I, I like, think about that. I'm like, I actually just watched Cooper Cup on Thursday, too. Shit. <laughs> and then the afternoon games roll around, and I'm like, Devontae Adams is also up there, man. Shit, there's a lot of good wide receivers in the NFL. So, I don't know. There's Dude, the NFL is in such a good spot just because there's so many sick players. Um, Justin that's, Jefferson, Je- and oh, and Jefferson in the afternoon game too. Like Jesus both Christ. those guys, and oh it was just like, God. bro, they're nasty. They were, they were all cooking. Um, okay, I wanted to bring up two other guys as like maybe not like trade targets per se, but guys I was like, bro, they're back. Julio and MT. Oh, okay. I I have a soft spot for Julio. Julio is one of my favorite all time players. I I absolutely love Julio Jones. He looked good. He looked fast, and like. That was a better Julio than we've seen the past two years. MT, kind of same situation, hasn't played the last two years. Dude, MT was the dude in the fourth quarter. He had two fourth quarter touchdowns to come back and win the game. Like, MT was a dog in that one. So, I was hyped, bro. I was hyped about those two guys because I feel like whenever you have a guy in the NFL, but, like, those two guys clearly, like, they were, you know, peak of – we just mentioned all those best wide receivers in the league. Those were the guys, like, three four years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just been injuries that have completely derailed them. I really hope that that we see those guys healthy because I, if Julio Jones is good with Tom Brady, that's pretty sick, bro. Because like those were the guys for like five, ten years. Yeah. And and like Julio's also went through so much like crap throughout his career, just like injury after injury. Um, and it's kind of crazy that he even has played this long. Um, but it would be really cool to see him kind of go out with the a good season and it also was it was really cool to see to see mt kind of back and, and doing his thing yeah and julio's gonna get his chance with chris godwin with the hamstring injury should be out a few weeks um julio gets his chance now man i mean that's gonna be that's one of the more exciting storylines in football tom brady with julio jones um we'll see how that one goes michael thomas there were so many people fading michael thomas during draft season and it's like for what you're getting a former you're getting a wide receiver one on his own team who was 
who who broke the singles. I'm pretty sure he broke the single season receptions record from uh, I think it was Marvin Harrison. Yeah, with his like 500 targets that season. Yeah, bro, <laughs> what's not to like? What is not to like about Michael Thomas? Why? Because he's slant boy. Cool. Run your slant. Give me your point per point per catch. Two points per catch. Go for it, and you'll get your touchdowns. I mean. You're talking about a guy that's put up some of the best seasons I personally have seen. Um, so that's someone that no one should have been fading at his price tag. Uh, he looked he looked really good his first week. Obviously, it took him a little bit, but it's going to take anyone a little bit. The fact that it only took him three quarters is kind of absurd. Um, so that's somebody that for sure, if he, let's say he starts going downhill these next two weeks, go buy low because right now you're kind of buying high. Um, but Michael Thomas is somebody you definitely kind of want on your roster i mean he's going to be one of those guys that if you keep him throughout the year and you drafted him in the eighth or ninth round you're probably winning your league yeah yeah he's he's a league winner also i like this is a great comment daniel sneaky pickup is taste God, i hate that guy <laughs> oh my god no, no but he's but he is nice for no fantasy, he is. he's actually good yeah like because he's a tight end again yeah they listed him as a tight end that's crazy yeah, that's no, that's a good pick. That's a good, that's a good comment, Daniel. I like that a lot. He made me um, so mad when he got that touchdown. I was like, dude, that's Kamara's touchdown. What are you doing? Um, I'm trying to think another another interesting one. And I'll be honest, I kind of hate this backfield, but Daryl Henderson over oh. Cam Akers is hilarious, bro. Because I was never gonna touch that backfield because Cam Akers hasn't looked good. Like he has not looked good. And people were like, all in, all, I'm all in on Cam Akers. And I'm not talking about production and stuff. I'm talking about speed. I'm talking about his ability to cut. He's kind of, there's a lot of question marks there. Bro, he had three carries for zero yards. That's hilarious. So, I yeah, don't, I want to say go, don't go too hard on Daryl Henderson, but it feels like Henderson is the, the 1A or even the 1, which is kind of crazy because I don't really think a lot of people were expecting that. Um, yeah. Trying to think of anyone else. Real Saquon, quick. Saquon yeah, looks fantastic. Same I deal mean, with Julio was, and, and MT yeah. right there. Yeah, vintage Saquon. That was the best Saquon performance I've seen in a really long time. Ever since that Eagles game, his first or second year, that was vintage Saquon. I mean, that's somebody that you were – if you drafted really early, you were getting in the third or the fourth round. Now, if you drafted a little later, closer to the season, you were getting him in the second, essentially as your RB1 or your RB2. But first game of the season, he's – I mean, he he's paid off. So, um that, that, that was really good to see from Saquon. A thing I wanted to say was with Keenan Allen out, going into a game, this is really only if you're in a 12-man or a 14-man league, going into a game against one – it's two of the highest-powered offenses in all of football with J.C. Jackson might not play. Their cornerback, Trent McDuffie, might not play. J.C. Jackson just practiced today for the first time. I, so I was like, about to say that, yeah. He might, he might play, but I don't know. They might have him on limited snaps or something. Trent McDuffie just went down on the IR. Two of the best, two two of the top cornerbacks on their teams. One might not play and one just went down. Meaning you might get a very high scoring game. With Keenan Allen out, Josh Palmer steps into a very valuable role where he's going to get 60. I mean, he's going to get 80, 70, 80% of the snaps. And I know people are going to say DeAndre Carter. No, no, I can't. I can't do that. Oh, he looked good. He was no, he he nice. He no, has he a did. role. I was excited for that. Yeah, no, he does have a role for sure. Now, whether that's as the X or whatever it is, I'm not sure because I, I think Keenan Allen might have taken over the X. I'm not entirely sure. But, um, dude, Josh Palmer played. If Josh, if 
Justin Herbert didn't get hit. Josh Palmer has a touchdown in this past game. He broke. I forgot who he cooked, but he cooked him at like the 20-yard line. I forgot who he cooked, but he was wide open for a touchdown. Justin Herbert was looking his way. He was ready to sling it over to him. So that would have been a tutty for Josh Palmer and essentially like a 10 or 11-point game. Um, He's going to get a lot of snaps over the offseason. They asked Justin Herbert, who's a sleeper on your team that – you know, you think everyone should be drafting. Justin Herbert said Josh Palmer. So, and even last year when either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams went down in the last five games, Josh Palmer had three touchdowns. So this is a guy that if you're in a 12 or 14 man league and you have maybe a flex spot or two, you know, T Higgins is down for you. CD lamb just lost. Um, and I, I don't think you should take out CD lamb. If you do, it's warranted. Um, but let's say you, you need to fill in that flex spot or even a wide receiver two spot for the week. I think Josh Palmer might have himself a little 10 to 15 point game. You'll be satisfied. I was going to say about, about the CD lamb thing. Um, so, I, I mean, I have CD lamb a little, in a, in a few leagues, probably too many at this point now, <laughs> but I was thinking about today, like, what do I do with CD lamb? And I'm going to say, I'm going to double down on CD lamb, bro. Yeah. Cause fine, when bro. you have a backup quarterback, it's like, bro, who am I? They're just going to feed him. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So I was like, well, you know what? Maybe this actually might be a little bit better than people are putting off. Now it's terrible for the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys season ended on Sunday. I'm gonna be Definitely. honest. Like that was as bad as you can have a week one possible. That was Definitely. Um, but I was gonna say one other thing for the Palmer Carter kind of thing. Palmer was had 75% snap count, Carter had 37%. So Carter's gonna be like a deep threat kind of gadget guy, but Palmer's probably you're right about that. Like he's gonna be a better option um for that offense. Um, so we'll see what he looks like. He also didn't really have a good first week. So another target, another guy to go target, maybe snag him off waiver wires um, and play him this week too, because that might be a good pickup. Um, but I think the game already started for the Padres. So I don't know. I don't really have anything else. Any guys you're kind of thinking about? No. Someone mentioned Trey Lance. People that have said that Trey Lance is a bust, that's got to be the funniest thing I've ever heard, bro. He's playing in a monsoon. He's like four games in and he just played in a monsoon. Yeah. He also looked pretty good, and then it got really, really like rainy, and then he looked horrible. He looked so bad at the end, but like the first three quarters, he was like, "Oh, he's hitting a lot of passes. He had a couple dots." Um, so patience, guys. Patience with young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I used to do the same thing, and then we saw Josh Allen and and Patrick Mahomes, and it's like, wait a second, these guys don't need to be superstars the second they step foot on the field. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's all. That's all I got. So yeah. I think that's probably gonna do it. Hopefully Darvish is pitching really well. Hopefully the Potters offense gets going and, and they win this first game because second game in Seattle might be a rough one. Um, but then you got the weekend against the Diamondbacks. So I'm not exactly sure when we're going to be going live next, either probably tomorrow or Thursday. Not sure which one. Um, but we'll hopefully also scatter a few uh, different segment videos out because those are pretty quick to do, pretty easy to do for us. So we'll do a couple of those as well. Um hopefully you guys do well in fantasy football. Um, and we'll be talking a little bit about football and stuff. I don't know as much on fire talk but we'll be talking about it on youtube in general so uh, i think that'll probably do it though for this one so thank you guys for listening and have a great night and hopefully the padres win see y'all soon